Hey, we're so glad that you're with us today for Pathway Church Online. We begin a brand new series called Just Like Jonah. You know, most of us know the story of Jonah. A whale swallows him. He causes the whale to sneeze. And then he becomes a real boy for the... Wait, no, wait, that's the wrong story. That's Pinocchio. That's, that's Disney. We're, we're talking about Jonah from the Bible. And yet lots of people think it's a fictional tale, a legend, a, a myth. But Jesus, even Jesus, indicated the reality of Jonah in Matthew chapter 12. Friends, Jonah is a true story that really happened, just the way it was written. I believe there was really a man named Jonah who really did try to run away from God, who really was swallowed by a big fish, who really did survive three days inside that fish. Jonah is a true story that really happened. The problem is most people think it has nothing to do with them. We tend to think that it's only about a a rebellious missionary, about a guy who runs away from serving God in ministry, and we discount its application in our lives because of that. Friends, if we think that that this story is simply a teaching for would-be preachers, we're going to miss the fact that this message is for all of us. In fact, God is speaking to all of us through the life of Jonah. And so today we begin this new series talking about Jonah. Over the next several weeks, we're going to unpack this together. We're going to study the story of this guy who doesn't want to do what God wants him to do. And I think that we're going to see that we are just like Jonah. So let's jump into this story. Today's study, give us some context for it. Throughout history and throughout the Bible, we see that God uses prophets to, to speak, to bring his message to a nation or a leader. And Jonah came onto the scene in nor- the northern kingdom of Israel as a prophet speaking for God uh, around 786 to 746 BC. It was during the reign of Jeroboam II, king of Israel. And Jonah was a well-known prophet. He was well-respected in Israel. According to 2 Kings 14, Jonah predicted that Israel would expand her boundaries and be prosperous. And guess what? It really happened. So Jonah became somewhat of a celebrity. His social media was blowing up. Jonah was a prophet of God. And we step into the story when Jonah chapter 1 verse 1 says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah. Now this phrase, giving this message to Jonah, appears twice in the book of Jonah. In fact, God speaks to Jonah, and in each case, Jonah responds. See, God is a speaking God. Even today, God is a speaking God, and God speaks in different ways. God has often spoken with an audible voice. God has spoken through his prophets. God has spoken through circumstances. Today, God also speaks, primarily speaks, through his written word, the Bible, and through the Holy Spirit. Even if you have never heard the voice of God, friends, you can, because anyone can hear God speak to them if they listen. Now, personally, I listen most when I am reading or studying the Bible, which is known as God's word to us. God will speak telling me to change something or to move in a new direction. He'll he'll tell me what he wants me to do, and then I have a choice. 
I can do what God wants me to do. That's called being obedient to his word. Or I can do what I want to do. That's called being disobedient. See, there's something that we need to know. It's kind of a disclaimer. God will often ask you to do things that you don't want to do. Why? Well, because he knows best. And, and we don't. Now, I know we think that we know best. We think we know what is better for our lives. And so we want to do what we want to do, not what God wants us to do. We think to ourselves, I know what's best for me, so I'm going to do what I want to do. The Lord gave this message to Jonah. Get up and go to the city of Nineveh. <laughs> and Nineveh was 500 miles east from where Jonah was at that time. One of the largest cities in the ancient world. In fact, on our maps today, it will be located in northern Iraq. Archaeologists have actually found the ruins of ancient Nineveh right outside the modern-day city of Mosul in Iraq. Nineveh was the capital city of the Assyrian Empire, the the world superpower of the day. This empire had, had been an enemy and a threat to Israel for many years. Um, But to be honest, the place wasn't so much the issue for Jonah as much as the going was. Remember, God was telling Jonah to go. Now, this kind of direction shouldn't have been um, surprising to him. I mean, God had told Abram, who became later became Abraham, he told Abram to go to another place a place that he would tell him. God told Moses to go into Egypt and free his people. So Jonah would have been very familiar with God telling people to go, but all of those situations were different. See, this time, God was sending someone on a missionary outreach. God was calling a Hebrew prophet to go to a non-Jewish city. Up until this point, Most prophets stayed in Israel. So this was unprecedented. Nothing about this mission made sense. What do you do when God calls you to do what doesn't make sense? Maybe you've faced that before. That's what Jonah was facing. The Lord gave this message to Jonah. Get up and go to the city of Nineveh. Look at what he says. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Now, if you were a Jewish prophet in those days and God told you something like this, I bet you'd be thinking, yeah, God, it's about time that you take notice of of these people. These people are horrible. And and then you might ask, hey, well, but wait, what are you you warning them first for? I mean, why don't you just go in and destroy them? They, They deserve that. See, Assyria was one of the most violent, brutal empires of the ancient history. They committed atrocities that are, that are really even hard to describe. Some researchers have indicated that whole towns would commit suicide rather than be captured by the Assyrians. When the Assyrians came in and conquered a city or an area or a town, they would capture the men, and then in front of the men, they would rape the women and the little girls. Then they would torture and mutilate the men, skinning many of them alive. And then... They would behead them, dead or alive, and force the remaining survivors of the city and family members to parade the heads on poles through the city streets. And finally, they would take all the heads and build this huge pyramid of heads just outside the city. 
for the rest of the world to see. Archaeologists have found in ancient Assyrian records where they are boasting of this level of cruelty and brutality against their enemies. Some record that they would take conquered prisoners and bury them in the desert sand up to their necks. And then they would pull their tongues out and stake their tongues to the ground and leave them there to die of thirst. Earlier in Israel's history, during the reign of Jehu, King Jehu from um, 842 to about 815 BC, the Assyrians had come in and demanded a heavy tribute, taxes from Israel. They were so threatening and so overwhelming and overpowering that Israel quaked in fear. And so for all of Jonah's life, Israel had threatened, I'm sorry, Assyria had threatened Israel. I mean, basically, Assyria had been the bully who took Israel's lunch money for over 75 years. So Jonah, he hated the Assyrians, but he was also afraid of them. So don't miss, don't miss what God is asking Jonah to do. I mean, unlike all the other prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, some others, who would rail against the enemies of Israel from within the safe borders of the nation of Israel, their home. No, no, no. God was calling Jonah to go to Nineveh. God was calling Jonah to go right into enemy territory. Think about this. Right into the bully's backyard all by himself and declare God's judgment on all of them. To throw this into our lives, i got to ask you a question. What is your Nineveh? I mean, Nineveh is whatever pulls you out of your comfort zone. Nineveh is the place where you don't want to go. Nineveh is the situation or the person that you don't want to face. What do you do when God says, go to Nineveh? So God told him. He told Jonah, go. Go to Nineveh. And it says, but Jonah got up, he did the first thing right, he got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Now, you kind of understand why Jonah did what he did, right? I mean, Jonah had reasons. He he didn't want to (laughs) go. And maybe you can relate. I mean, God speaks to you, God says something to you, and you think, no, I don't want to do that. I I, I don't want to go there. I I don't want to have anything to do with them. Maybe someone has hurt you or hurt someone that you're close to in your life, someone that you love, and God calls you to forgive that person, and you think, no, I don't want to. Maybe God is asking you to do something different, something new, something unexpected. Maybe God is asking you to quit a job or get a job. Maybe God is asking you to break up with him or her, quit a habit, quit spending money, or maybe give away some money. Maybe God is asking you to talk to somebody about Jesus. Or maybe he's asking you to help a coworker or a neighbor. And you say, I know, God, I know what you're saying. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. We, you and me, we're just like Jonah, aren't we? The account tells us that he, Jonah, went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship living, leaving for Tarshish. See, Nineveh was about 500 miles from where Jonah was, 500 miles east. But Jonah 
(laughs) He headed to Tarshish. That's 2,000 miles west from where he was. Researchers believe that Tarshish was located on the outermost edge of the known world to the people of that day. So basically God said, go east. And Jonah said, no, I'm going to go as far west as I can. It's a long way from Joppa to Tarshish. I mean, what are the chances that you would find a ship going to Tarshish? This isn't Southwest Airlines. I mean, it's not like they have a boat leaving for Tarshish every day. Isn't it an amazing coincidence, wink, wink, (laughs) that he would find a ship going to Tarshish? See, Jonah could have easily said, wow, look at how this is working out. This must be the right thing for me to do. Hey, you know what? This must be God's plan for me. Everything is working out. Problem was, that's not what God had said to him. God had told him, go to Nineveh. Go east, not west. Something that I have learned many times the hard way is that you can always find a way to do the opposite of what God wants. Did you catch that? You can always find a way to do the opposite of what God wants. There is always a ship sailing in the opposite direction. And there's always room for one more passenger. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you you know, you don't want to do what God is telling you to do, and so you look for something or someone to distract you. There's always a ship sailing in the opposite direction of what God is telling you to do, and there's always room for one more passenger. Or maybe you don't want to do what God is telling you to do, so you run away, and you run into a relationship to get away from God, or you run to exercise, or you run to work, or you run to, you know, some hobby or something to get away from God. You know what? There's always a ship that is sailing in the opposite direction. There's always room for one more passenger. You don't want to do what God is saying to do. And then out of the blue, an old friend calls. Or an old girlfriend or boyfriend shows up, comes around again. You don't want to do what God is telling you to do. And all of a sudden, you know, you have those old habits that come to mind. And those old hangouts that come to mind. And those old friends that come to mind. There is always a ship that is sailing in the opposite direction. And there is always room for one more passenger. By going in the opposite direction, what was Jonah trying to do? It's pretty clear. Look at the rest of the verse. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape. Notice that, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. If Jonah had stated that difficulties was the reason he didn't want to go, If Jonah had said, no, I'm I'm afraid, I'm fearful, as the reason that he didn't want to go. If Jonah had stated he he felt overwhelmed by the whole thing, and that was his reason for not going, we could easily understand and, and cut him some slack. But Jonah's problem was never the job. Jonah's problem was was never about Nineveh. Jonah's problem was with God. Jonah was running from God. Don't miss that. Jonah was running from God. And maybe that's you. Maybe maybe you've been running from God. God has said to you, hey, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. You didn't want to do it. And so you've been running. 
and you've been avoiding God, and you've been trying to to stay as far away from that conversation with God as, as possible. Jonah was trying to run away from God, to go where God wasn't. Jonah thought that he could get on a ship and sail away from God, but the problem is God is everywhere, and you can't run away from God. You can't. I can't. You can't run away from God. Maybe you're trying to run away from God, but, but you're here today. <laughs> and you're watching today. And God is speaking to you again. You can't run away from God. Something that, that I've also noticed in this story is that Jonah pays for his disobedience. Sometimes we miss this part. But Jonah bought a ticket. He paid his own money. I mean, friends, it always costs you to live in disobedience. There's no way for you to sin and not pay a price. Sin always has a price tag. There is always a price tag for sin. Yeah, God will forgive you. You confess your sin. The Apostle John tells us if we confess our sin, he will forgive us. God will forgive us of our sin and cleanse us. We get that. But still, there are consequences to sin. Sin has a price tag. There is a cost for sin in our lives. For some of us, sin costs us our character and our reputation. For some of us, sin costs us wasted time, wasted life. I mean, every day we spend running from God is a wasted day. Our sin costs those around us. We'll we'll see this later in the story. So many people in our lives pay for the sin that we commit, that we have in our lives. I mean, how many homes have been split up because of mommy or daddy's sin? How many kids have been messed up because of their parents' sin? How many parents lose sleep because of their child's sinful life? How many spouses have been hurt because of a husband or wife's sin? There's always a cost for sin. Sin always has a price tag. And God He'll let us go pretty far in this. I mean, he won't stop us right away. God could have stopped Jonah. I mean, think about it. He could have delayed the ship. He could have made the ship too full for another passenger. He could have had a thief come along and steal Jonah's money. But friends, God will allow us to go where we choose to go in sin. He's going to let us go there. The Apostle Paul talks about that in Romans 1. I mean, it's basically that God is saying, hey, if you want to get on board this ship, I'm not going to stop you. When you run from God, you will always find a ship to board. You can always find a ship going somewhere. You can always find a ship that is taking more passengers. And you know, the thing about this is if God didn't care, he would, he would just let us go on in our sin forever. But God does care. Next week in part two, we're going to talk about that. We're going to see how God responds to Jonah. But God does care. And today, I believe that some of us are running from God. God has spoken to you. God has, has told you what he wants you to do. But you don't want to do what God wants you to do. So you are avoiding God. You are running from God. You are avoiding the conversation, trying to do everything you can to avoid God in this whole topic. Are you running from God? Are you trying to avoid God? 
Right now, today, in this moment, as you're watching this, listening to this, you know what God's saying to you? God is letting you know you can't run away from him. God is always here. He's here today. God is speaking into your life. God is calling you to do what he wants you to do. Because God wants the best for you. He loves you. God is calling you to do what he wants you to do because God wants to use you incredibly more than you could ever ask or imagine. He has a plan for your life. God is calling you to do what he wants you to do because his purpose for your life is so much greater. Ultimately, though, the choice is yours. How will you respond to God?